is very important on today. And uh, I'm going to try to show you from the scriptures uh, why it's so important. And uh, the subject of this message is how to protect ourselves from deception. Can you say that with me? How to protect ourselves from deception. And in the course of this message, I'm going to give you eight principles that are based on scripture that I believe will uh, help to uh, protect us from deception. And I would style it like uh, kind of a vaccination. You, you, you know how uh, some of y'all remember when you were children and uh, before you uh, were able to go to school, uh, they had a program where there was a certain number of immunizations that you had to have uh, and a record of those immunizations in order for you to get in school. Yes. Well, I believe in the spirit, in the spiritual realm, uh, we can immunize, am I saying that right? Immunize ourselves in a way that will help protect us from deception. And uh, you know how you have to have booster shots. You know, sometimes you don't just get one, but, well, uh, we're going to give you eight on today. Is that all right? Amen. So how to protect ourselves from deception. Uh, let's talk about the definition of deception. Deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. The act of deceiving, resorting to falsehoods, uh, the fact or condition of being deceived. And uh, there's a lot of deception that's going on in the world today. And it's sad to say, but uh, even on a political and on a national level, uh, I have never, in, 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 you know, I, I, I remember years ago there was a preacher that, uh, a, a, a Hispanic preacher, that I used to uh, hear him, and uh, he had kind of a soft-spoken soft spoken voice, but he said some powerful things. And his name was Mario Murillo. And uh, I can remember he, that one thing that he said was that uh, when a politician's lips is moving, he's lying. And this, this was years ago. I'm talking 25 years ago. And, 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 and we laughed at it, you know, and kind of thought, okay, that's a little, that's a little tough, Mario. That's, that's a little rough. But in the climate and the day and time that we're living in, on a national level, uh, there are people that uh, almost seemingly are professional liars. And will look at you with a straight face. And will tell you anything but the truth. And, and, and 
and that's sad. And I believe that uh, as citizens of this country, we should demand more accountability, and 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 we should command we we should demand better from those that represent us in office. Talking about how to protect ourselves from deception. Uh, let's look at the power of deception. Let's look at the power of deception. I haven't come to the eight ways yet, but when we think about the power, when I think about the power of deception uh, in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, uh, I'm quoting from the English Standard Version in this particular one here. And it says here, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. And what he says there is, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion of Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaim, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you receive, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and, and, and what he says there is I'm afraid. You, you, the, the way that you guys are, you're making me afraid for you. You see, the first sin that was committed on the earth came through deception. The fall of man in the Garden of Eden, in the very beginning, amen, Eve was deceived. Yes. Satan worked the game on her. Now Adam, uh, and, 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 and he doesn't get any credit either because he let it happen. But Eve was deceived. So the very beginning of sin on the earth came about through deception. And, 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 and not only did deception play a part in the very beginning, but when we get to the close in the book of Revelation, where the Apostle John had a vision of end time events. And in the book of Revelation, in Revelations 12 and 9, it says there, so that great dragon, was cast out. The serpent of old. Called the devil. And Satan. Who deceives. The whole world. Underline. Notice the. Uh, uh, titles of Satan. And the characterization. That the scripture gives. Of Satan. The great dragon, John, saw the vision of Satan being cast down. The great dragon was cast out. The serpent of old, the devil and Satan. And then notice how it describes him. Who deceives 
the whole world who deceives the whole world. What that lets me know is that uh, there is a, there's a, there's an influence in this world. There's a reason that Satan is called the God of this world. And we're talking about world system. And in Revelation it describes him as deceiving the whole world. It said he was cast to earth and his angels was cast out with him. Cast out of the heavens. Revelation 20 verses 1 and 2. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the keys, or having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. John again is seeing the events of end time, and he's seeing how... When uh, 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 God begins to, 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 to wrap this thing up and, and how that, amen, judgment comes to the earth and an angel comes and with the key to the bottomless pit and a chain and he binds Satan with the chain and puts him in the pit for a thousand years. Verse 3, Revelation 20 said, And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. So what happening? I'm, I'm, I'm using these scriptures here to illustrate the power of deception. John records the vision that in the end time, Satan is going to be bound by an angel. And notice this: God doesn't have to bind him. You know, Satan wants to try to act like he's God and so forth and so on. Uh, God doesn't have to personally come down. And bind him. He dispatches an angel. Yes. You see what Satan was. Satan was an angel. But God dispatches another angel. To take and bind Satan with a chain. And put him in the bottomless pit. For a thousand years. Yes. And during that thousand years. That Satan is bound in the bottomless pit. He has no more power to deceive. Now, what's going on on the earth during that thousand years? Well, what many describe is, is called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. While Satan is bound for a thousand years, Jesus and the saints are going to be in charge of the earth. And his kingdom is going to be set up. And there's still going to be natural men and women that are alive. Amen. During the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Y'all yeah, yeah. listening to me? Amen. 
They're going to be they're going to be people that are still alive and amen and 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 uh, uh, living. Can you imagine living under the rule and the lordship of Jesus for a thousand years and no more deception? Uh, 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 no more deception. No more uh, 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 evil influence for a thousand years. That, that, to, to me, that sounds almost like heaven. Yeah. But let's go on. Revelation 20, verse 7. Now when the thousand years have expired, in other words, after the thousand years are over, Satan will be, what? Released from prison. Now, why in the world? Okay, God has him bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years and he can't deceive anybody anymore. Why in the world would God let him out? Why would he let him out? The Bible says that verse 6, and so he's released from prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. Amen. These are names of regions that uh, we're not exactly sure uh, uh, what areas of earth they're pointing to. Uh, to gather them together to battle whose numbers as are the sand of the sea. So Satan has been imprisoned for a thousand years. Jesus and the saints are reigning on the earth. And after a thousand years, God lets the devil out. And when he lets him out, the devil's going to be the devil. But surprisingly, when he's let out, he influences through deception thousands. Bible said he gathered a number as the sands of the sea. I want you to see how powerful deception is. And when he gathered them, it said there, uh, uh, Revelation 20 and 8, it said, And will go out to deceive the nations, which in the four corners of the earth God made God, and gather them together to battle, whose numbers are as the sand of the sea. And they went up the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So what I'm describing or what John described in the book of Revelation in the end time is that, uh, as I said earlier, the first sin occurred in the earth uh, in the Garden of Eden through deception. And Satan is described as the deceiver of the whole world. And in the end time, when he's bound and can no longer deceive, there are going to be people that are going to be living under the lordship of Jesus Christ for a thousand years. But when Satan is loosed for a short period of time, their true natures are going to be exposed. And you, you remember I talked about this before. There's a rebel in all of us. 
Y'all heard what I said? Oh, we, we can sit there and look, you know, just as nice as we want to and smile. There is a rebel in all of us. And if we don't handle it, if we don't allow God to handle it, and, 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 the, and, and I'm talking about the power of deception. How deceived can you be to listen to somebody and join in an army to go and surround the city of the saints and to attack Jesus and the people of God? After living in the millennial reign kingdom for a thousand years, but they are, they are deceived. And they gather their forces together to attack the saints, and God wipes them out. God wipes them out in an instant. And Satan is cast into the lake of fire, and he won't get recess anymore. Hallelujah. Talking about the power of deception. We've got to be careful because deception can be powerful. And, and, and in fact, in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And doctrines of demons. So then. The question that's before us. Is what guarantee do you and I have. That we won't be numbered among those that are deceived. You ever. You ever. Sometimes you know. Look at. You hear about what other people are doing. And you say. Man how can they be that dumb. How can they be that stupid. You ever have a friend or something. They get in a relationship. And you can see through the relationship that the person that they hook up with, they ain't no good. They ain't no good. You see it? And, and, and you try to talk to your friend, try to talk some sense into them, but they in love. Remember what I said earlier, love is blind. Oh, I love them. They in love. And you can see it as plain as the nose on your face. But it's nothing you can say to them. What, the words you say go in one ear and out the other. Oh, but I, I, I remember, uh, I won't call the name, but I'm thinking, about, you know, I've been pastoring for over 40 years. I remember a conversation I had with a member of Bethel. Uh, up and coming, young, great future ahead of them. Uh, but they, they, they end up falling in love with a backslide. And falling in love with a backslide. And uh, uh, in the course of the relationship, they you know, came to me and for advice. And I'm like, he's a backslide. Uh, the Bible says, be, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He, he, not, he's, he's, not only is he, he you know, not just an unbeliever, he's a backslider. He, he's, he's tasted of the things of God and, and, and turned his back and decided to go another way. And, 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 and I was trying to implore this young lady not to make this mistake. And she looked at me and she said, but I love him. 
I was stupid. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't nothing else I could say. I, I, all right. And just in a capsule, I, 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 I'll tell you, uh, that marriage uh, was a mess. And the things that he took her through. And there were times when, uh, you know, she had children and expecting, and he left her for another woman. Walked off and left her. And uh, left her hanging in the lurch. And, 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 uh, and, and whenever I would see her, uh, my mind would always go back to the conversation that we had when I tried to warn her. But she told me she just loved me. What guarantee do we have that we won't be numbered among those that fall away? And I brought that up. I said, now, a lot of you, you've known people that fit the same category that I was just talking about. And you tried to talk to them, and, 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 and they just wouldn't listen, and, and, and what have you. And, and you know, it's, it's easy for us to see it when it's the other fellow. But a lot of us have our own stories, too. And we got caught up in some situations where folk tried to warn us. But deception is powerful. So uh, let's talk about how to inoculate ourselves against deception. And I believe that if we will get the proper immunization from the principles of Scripture, it will take us a long way so that we don't have to catch that same disease. Because what I found is that there's some people that have been smarter than us. In fact, the Bible said that it's going to get so bad that he would, amen, deceive the very elect if it were so. So let's start with eight ways that we deceive ourselves. We're going to start out and we'll go chronologically uh, 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 in the scripture. Uh, the first way I want to talk about is based on the principles of 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18. And we'll start there. It says, let no one. I want you to read the verses with me. Read that along with me. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise... In this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. First principle, first principle we draw from scripture the scripture talks about deceiving. Let no one deceive themselves. And the first principle that I see in Corinthians here, 1 Corinthians 3, 18, is uh, one way we are open to deception is when we think that we got it all together. When we think that we're so sharp, we're so smart. We're so wise. We're so intelligent. When we think we're the smartest person in the room, 
He said, let no man deceive himself. If any among you seems wise. And, and, and what happens here, the fallacy is that if you do good in school, if you're used to getting A's and B's in school, automatically you think that that transfers over to when it comes to the things of God in the Bible. And just because you're smart in school does not mean you're smart when it comes to the things of God and the Word of God. We have a tendency that we look up to and admire intelligent people. People that got letters behind their name. And we get intimidated. Oh, uh, they, they, they're, they're so smart. They're so, do you know what? I have seen some of the smartest people do some of the dumbest things. It's not about how smart you are. And, and, and the analogy that I would draw uh, uh, or compare that with is, uh, let's say, uh, I, I know some people that don't have to wear glasses or contacts. They've got not 20-20 not vision. Some of them have uh, better than 20-20 vision. I mean, their eyes are sharp. They can see something. But just because they've got uh, better than average vision, that same person could have poor hearing. Just because they can see doesn't mean that they can hear. You, you, you understand? So, so don't assume that just because somebody's got 20-20 vision that all of their faculties are sharp. Many of us, you know, some of us have to wear glasses but we can hear. We can hear good. So, one way to inoculate ourselves against self-deception is that if anybody thinks or seems to be wise in this world, if you think you're the sharpest pencil in the box, you're setting yourself up for deception. What, what, what does the scripture, what does he say we need to do? Amen. If any among you seems to be wise in this age, let him what? Become a fool. That he may become wise. What is the scripture telling us? It's saying that don't depend on your worldly wisdom and think that it's going to help you when it comes to spiritual things. If you want to progress in spiritual things, you've got to humble yourself and come before God and say, Lord, I don't know anything. I need you to teach me. I, I, I can't depend on my degrees. My degrees are not going, are, are going to help me when it comes to your word. And we've got to promise that if we'll humble ourselves and, 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 and act like we don't know nothing and say, Holy Spirit, teach us. Because you see, when it comes to worldly wisdom, worldly wisdom is in the human mind. But spiritual wisdom comes from a humble heart, a humble and pure heart. 
and, and, and some of us that have been in church for, for a while and, you know, when we first came in, we didn't know anybody, we didn't know anything, you know, and, and we wanted to learn. And I can remember, again, I've been pastoring for a while. I can remember there are individuals that I came in contact with when they first came in church. They weren't saved. They, and, and, and they were like little birds with their mouth open. Waiting for, amen, uh, for the precious word of God uh, so that they could grow thereby. But then after a while, after they got here for a while and they kind of figured things out and saw how things worked and so forth and so on, they, they, they ended up getting puffed up in their own mind. They began to, amen, think that they were some of the sharpest pencils in the box. And it wasn't too long before they got to the point to where they thought they could tell me how to run the church. And I'm thinking, we help pray you in. We help get you delivered. But now you're going to rise up and, 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 and come against me Talking about self-deception. So, one of the first ways we can inoculate ourselves against deception is, is, is this one right here. And, 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 and Jesus said it in Matthew 11 and 25. Jesus said there, and at the time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent. And has revealed them to babes. Jesus said, uh, uh, if you want to get into heaven, you got to come as a child. Yes. And we got too many grown folk Christians. Yes. So that's the first principle. Have you got that one? Yes. Uh, let's go to number two. 1 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 7. And, 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 and this scripture here. Uh, I want you to hear the principle that's coming out here. Now, therefore, it is already utter failure for you that you go to the law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? Is that in the Bible? No. You yourselves do wrong and cheat. And you do these things to your brother. This passage here, you don't hear it preached very much. But uh, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is talking to the church at Corinth and to believers. And what he's saying here is now, therefore, it is already another failure. In other words, Paul said, you already failed. In that you go to the law against one another. In other words, what was going on? There were believers who got upset with other believers. And they would take the believer that they was upset with, they would take them to a heathen court and demand justice from the heathen court. When they would take their brother. And Paul said. You, you, you've already failed. How can you go. Before a heathen court. And you both of you are supposed to be believers. And, and what is that going to make the church look like. When we get into squabbles and arguments. And we got to go to a heathen court. 
He says, there, now therefore it is already utter failure that you go to the law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? In, in, in other words, what Paul is saying is, is, is there are times when you're in the right. But there's some times when, you, when, when uh, having the spirit of Christ will compare you to, you know what? It's not worth it. I'll let it go. Not that I'm wrong. I'm right. But, but I'll just let it pass rather than then, 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 then give the cause of Christ a black name, a black eye. Uh, yeah, yeah. Say, why do you rather not let yourselves be cheated? Man. Can somebody say, you? wow. wow. Yeah. And then he says in verse 8, now you yourselves do wrong. See, the reason that we want to, you know, we, we want our rights. We want, and, and, and sometimes the very thing we accuse somebody else of, we're doing the same thing ourselves. Yes, yes, so you yourselves do wrong and cheat. And you do these things to your brother, to other believers. The Bible said we should have a greater love yes. for the household of faith. We ought to, we're supposed to treat everybody right. Amen. When you're a believer, when you're a Christian, you're supposed to treat everybody right. Amen. And even more so to the people of God. Yes. Then he goes on in verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Amen. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers or extorters will inherit the kingdom of God. Talking about Ways we can deceive ourselves. You see, we're living in an age when, when, when people say, well, it, it, it don't take all that. Uh, uh, God understands. You know, we only human. You know, we get lonely sometimes. But, 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 when I, when, when I look at the word of God, not, not me, this, this, this is not mine. Uh, idea. This is not uh, my rules, but this is God's rules. And 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 you know what? There is a there is a uh, a doctrine that's promoted widely in the Christian church, and it's a doctrine that says uh, once saved, always saved. That if you have come to somebody's altar and say, Lord, uh, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. That, that if you confess Christ and ask Jesus to come into your heart, that, that after you've done that and been baptized in water, it don't matter what you do. And it is a damnable doctrine where people think once saved, always saved. And yet, the scripture says... 
The scripture says that do you not know that the unrighteous would not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators. Oh, God knows my heart. You're deceiving yourself. Idolaters. What is an idolater? It's somebody that puts something ahead of God and worships it more than worships God. Amen. Idolaters, don't be deceived. Adulterers. If that's not your wife, if that's not your husband, we got it. Well, well, uh, uh, she don't do. My, my wife don't do this, or my husband don't do that, or, 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 or uh, 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 I, I just need some. And 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 I want to share somebody else's wife or share somebody else's husband. Adulterers don't be deceived. Homosexual. No, we got, amen, the uh, agenda. I can't even remember all the letters, but an L. L. Yeah, start with an L. End with a, what, a Q or something? Oh, I know, they're political force. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about hating people. I'm not talking about hate. I'm talking about, uh, you see, we live, in a, we, we live in a day and time where uh, you, can, you, you can be uh, subjected to something so long until after a while, right will look wrong. And wrong will start looking like right. That, that, there's a show, uh, any of y'all ever seen this show? Uh, where they do makeup and masks and, uh, you know, month. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. My wife, she watches it sometimes. Face off. Face off. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff that they do with some of that makeup and, and, and different things, is, is, it's like, wow. One of the judges on Face Off, any of y'all remember the judges that are on there? One of those guys, there's a look that he has. I can't hardly describe it. Uh, but piercings and dark and haircut, you know, uh, kind of odd to me. When I first started watching Face Off, when I first started watching it years ago, I looked at that guy as a judge and I was like, my goodness. That's different. But it's been a few years now and, and, and Face Off happened to be on my television and I happened to tune in. And I looked at the same guy a few years later, and he hadn't changed, but the shock value had worn off. And he was, and, 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 and the way he's looking, I see folk on the street who look like that. <laughs> Where it caught my attention, and I was stuck in the past. And, and that's what happened when you are subjected to stuff after a while. You get used to it. But one thing that I know, the Bible said, God said, I'm the same. Yesterday, for day, and forever. I don't change. God, God's word does not change. And so when he says there, 
nor homosexuals or sodomites, nor thieves. And, and, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not just stuck on, and God's not just, and, and there's a reason that God has the thou shalt not. It's not that God's trying to uh, spoil our fun. Amen. God's trying to protect us yes. from danger and harm. Yes. And so he says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards or revilers, nor extorters will inherit the kingdom of God. Now notice verse 11, because sometimes, you know, again, they'll say, you're preaching hate. No, I'm not preaching hate. I'm preaching the Bible. Yes. Look at verse 11. And such were some of you. In other words, we, 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 we can't uh, look down on nobody. Some of us was delivered from the very same things. And such were, but notice, past tense. When you're a believer, amen, you've got a track record, but it needs to be, it said, and such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, so what am I talking about here today? I'm talking about that some are deceived into thinking that God is going to accept whatever they do. And still let them in their kingdom. And I'm saying to you, don't be deceived. Amen. Number two. That's number two. Have you got it? Amen. Let me move on. I've got to move on. Amen. Uh, number three, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Notice the recurring thing. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Y'all see that? Do not be deceived. One way to inoculate ourselves against deception is we gotta we gotta be careful who we hang with. Who you hang with will have a large degree on uh, your uh, spiritual strength or not. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Who do you hang with? Who do you hang with? Who do you hang out with? And 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 that goes, you know, when it, you know. In, in, on the job, and, and, and there's, some, there's some places where we got to deal with certain people. But I'm talking about when you can choose your recreation and your fellowship. Who do you hang with? What, what, what kind of conversations do they have? What, what, what are they talking about? Because what, if you're not careful, what, you, what you'll find happen is that the people we hang with, we'll start acting like them. And we'll start talking like them. And, and, and so, uh, one way to inoculate ourselves against deception is we got to be careful who we hang with. And you know what? That's not only in the world. That also can be in the church. Everybody in the church ain't on the same level. Everybody in the church don't have the same conversation. Everybody in the, in the church. And so, you've got to, if you're going to inoculate yourself against deception. You got to watch who you hang with. And, and let me give you a real good rule of thumb on who to hang with, especially when it comes to the unsaved. Any of y'all remember the game that we played as kids of tug of, tug of uh, war? 
how you got a rope and there was some on one end and some on the other end and, and each one was trying to pull the other one? Well, let's call it the tug of war test. If you're dealing with folk that are not saved, I want you to visualize yourself playing tug of war with them. And if you're able in your interaction with them, if you're able to pull them closer to you and closer uh, to Christ, then you keep working with them. But if you find yourself in that tug of war and they're pulling you more to their side, to their way of thinking, then you need to let that rope go. Because either we win in them or they win in us. And each in individual that we're dealing with, so this one right here, if I'm making progress and, I'm, and it seems like I'm getting them to come to Christ, amen, I'm going to keep working on them. This one over here, amen, I ain't strong enough to deal with them and, and look like they're getting me to come over on their side. I need to let that rope go. You all got that? Who you hanging with? How many have I given you? Is that three? Let's move. Galatians 6 and 3. Number 4. Galatians 6 and If anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. When anybody thinks that he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You know, I call that one the big head problem. Get the big head. And this is something that happens when we've been in church for a while. And, uh, you know, uh, we get to the point where we think we know a little something. And uh, our head begins to swell. Our hat won't fit our head. Uh, We think we're something when we're nothing. That sets you up for deception. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm hastening because I want to give you all of them. Uh, Let's go to the next one. Galatians 6 and 7. It says, and do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. And he who sows to his flesh... Will reap uh, 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 will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Amen. And this one here, uh, it tells us, let you know, don't don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, man, woman, boy, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. This one here, uh, I asked the question on this one. What? What have you got growing in your garden? What have you got? Ask, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what have you got growing in your garden? Because you see, all of us have a garden in our mind. Amen. Whether you know it or not, whether you think you've got a green thumb or not, all of us are gardens. And the scripture said, be not deceived. God is not fool. He's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And then it says, he who sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. 
Ye souls to the Spirit, well, the Spirit reap everlasting life. What have you got in your garden? Well, well, uh, I heard that scripture for years. And you know what? Sometimes we have to be careful being in church for years. That scriptures we hear, but we haven't taken the time to understand. What does it mean to sow to the flesh? What does it mean to sow to the Spirit? Well, let me, let me see if I, can, if I can get you to understand. Sowing to the Spirit means that on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit is going to prompt you or nudge you. The Holy Spirit is going to say, don't say that. Don't do that. Or you need to do this. Or you should do this. Or uh, you... We get promptings throughout the day if we're listening. Remember I told you God's saying something, you got to listen. There are promptings that come up in our spirit throughout the day. And it is how we respond to those promptings that determines what seed we're sowing. And so if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you and say, you need to uh, go by and check on so so and so. Or you need to pray or you need to do this or you need and, and, and what some of us will do is we'll have the prompting but uh, we'll just hold on to the seed and think about it and forget about it and we don't plan it. We don't put it into we don't we, we don't we don't put it into action. But the more we respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit we are sowing seeds to the Spirit. Now, we got some other promptings that come too. And those are the promptings of the flesh. And the promptings of the flesh say, you know what, you, you should do this. Or you should go there. You should, oh man, look at her. She looks good. You need to go talk to her. Get her number. They're promptings, seeds that the enemy puts in us and it's up to us whether we respond to the promptings of the flesh or not. You know, there, there, there are some times when uh, our flesh have a voice. There are some times when my flesh will say, uh, yeah, you need to, yeah, I know that ain't on your diet and you shouldn't eat a whole lot of it. You need to, you, you need to get you some more of that. You need, you need a, a second helping. You need to get... You, you need to eat some more of that. Amen. You need bigger, bigger portions. You need, you know, and, 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 and sometimes we will let our appetite talk us into something that we know we shouldn't have. And we sow to the flesh. We, we, we take those promptings and we plan them and, and act on them. And what does the Bible say? God, it says God's not mocked. Whatever you sow. You're going to reap. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap what? Life everlasting. If you sow to the flesh, what will you reap? You'll reap corruption. So the question is what is in our garden? What, 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 what are we planting? And you know what? It doesn't matter whether folks see you or not. Because even if you sow it in secret, how many know if you, amen, it don't, it don't matter who sees you, who don't see you. What's going on in your private life 
and the sea that you're sowing. And, and, and you know what, that's the, that's the reason why you'll see people that they'll be coming up in church hearing the same message, hearing the same word you hear. And you'll be strong and they'll be weak and you'll be wondering what's wrong with them. You'll be in and they'll be out and you'll be wondering what's wrong with them. Amen. It has to do with what they're doing, amen, in their garden. And, 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 and I brought these two scriptures here because, see, some people say, notice, some people say, well, uh, but Romans 6 and 23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. But the same apostle, Apostle Paul, also wrote in Galatians 6 and 8. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. So in one instance, Paul says it's a gift. But in, 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 in Galatians, he says, you reap it. And there are people that get hung up and say, well, what, what, which is it? And let me answer that to you. It's both. It's both. You see, when Satan tried to deceive Jesus, he quoted one portion of the word of God. Yes. He said, if you be the son of God, make these stones bread. For it is written. Amen. And, and, or, or he took him up to the, the height and he said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down. For it is written. He'll give his angels charge over you unless you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, yeah, but it is all so written. Tempt the Lord God, tempt not the Lord thy God. So what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is don't be deceived. The enemy will take a part of scripture. And, 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 and leave out the other. But Jesus said, no, you can't leave it out. You got to put them both together. And so when you put them both together, you'll recognize that eternal life is the gift of God. But we've got to soak to the Spirit so that we can reap eternal life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. That's good. See, some folk come in and they get saved and say, okay, I got my gift. And that's as far as they go. But others come in and get saved and say, I got my gift. Now teach me. And, and, and fill me with your Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit begins to prompt them to do the right thing, to do his will. They respond to the prompting and, and, and they're planting seed. And the seed produces. And they and, and, and you don't get the crop all at once. Yeah. It don't happen. You don't plant it in a day and see the results in a day. Amen. But over time, you'll see the difference in those two lives. Yeah. Amen. One person came in and they just got the gift and they didn't go any further. The other one sold to the Spirit, and they're reaping yes. everlasting life. Y'all get y'all get something out of this? Let, let, let me go on. I, I won't be much longer. So my question then to you is: How do you respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit or the voice of your flesh? Because your response is going to determine, Amen. Uh, your ability not to be deceived. Let me move on real quick. Let's go to James. What number am I on now? Four, five. Five? All right, let me, let me hurry. James 1, 22. 
But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it. For he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Let's not deceive ourselves. Amen. It's not enough just to be hearers. Uh, I thank God you're here today. Amen. Amen. I thank God you made it out to service, but uh, you don't get the brownie points for just being here. Amen. You don't get the brownie points for just being here. Amen. It's what do you do with this word after you leave here. Are you just a hearer or are you going to be a doer of the word? Amen. And so if we want to inoculate ourselves against deception, amen, we've got to do the word. And not just think it's enough to hear the word. Moving on. Are you a doer of the word or just a hearer? Amen. Let's go to number six, James 1.26. I don't have to stay here long because I preached on this not long ago. If any one among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. It's in vain. So one of the ways that we got to be careful and not deceiving ourselves is if we don't control the way we talk. You ever heard the term loose lips, sink ships? We got to be careful the way we talk. Uh, let me give you another verse that that will help back that up. James three and two. James three and two says, "Therefore we all stumble in many things." In other words, we all make mistakes. Am I right about it? We all make mistakes. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, and also able to bridle the whole body. In other words, what uh, the Apostle James is saying here, we all make mistakes. But if you can uh, 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 allow God to help you with your mouth, and if you don't stumble over your words, you'll be a mature believer. That's what it means, a perfect man. And not only will you be a mature believer, but it will help help to direct your entire body. You all got that? I told you, I shouldn't have to stay there long. We've been preaching about that. Where are we at now? What number? Number seven. I want you to pay particular attention to this. This is, this is one that will get by us if we're not careful. Number seven. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin... Now, let me tell you what it's not. And I don't have the verse up here, but if you look in uh, uh, 1 John 1 and 10, it says there, it talks about the fact of, of, of uh, if we say we have not in the past sinned. Uh, it covers that because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. Uh, yes. So in the past, we, we, we know we've done wrong in the past. And thank God, for the blood of Jesus yes. and for saving us yes. and, 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 and forgiving us and having repented of what we did in the past. Amen. That's not what this verse is talking about. 
What this verse is talking about is say, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. What's the attitude it's talking about here? You know how in life, you'll be going along and you live in a house with people and stuff like that. And, and, and everybody won't see things eye to eye. And, and, and uh, disagreements are going to come up and, and what have you. That's a part of being in relationships. But what this is talking about, some of us, we think we so saved that when a disagreement comes up, we won't even entertain the idea that we're the one that's wrong. Oh, it couldn't be me. Uh-uh. Not me. I'm saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking tongue is the Spirit of God. I, uh, it's got to be you. Not me. Y'all, y'all, you see the attitude I'm talking about? Not, uh, not me. And, 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 and what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is when you got that type of attitude, you, you set yourself up for deception. Because you know what? There have been times when I surely thought it wasn't me. And, uh, you know, and, and I was, you know, uh, it, it, it ain't me. It's got to be you. It's got, you know, somebody. You, you know how something is missing in the house? And I, I put it right there. And it's not here. Who moved it? Somebody in this house has moved it. And raise all kind of saying, although, you know, we need to keep the volume down in our houses. Raise all kind of saying and, amen, get all mad and, and, and out of shape because you think somebody did something. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but it's been times in the past when I used to do stuff like that. And then I come back and find out I moved it and put it somewhere and forgot it. And it wasn't nobody but me. And here I am, I'm trying to blame everybody else. Why am I trying to blame everybody else? Because if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. When, I talk, when, when I'm talking about sin here, I'm talking about missing the mark. And if you think and if I think that we never miss the mark, we set ourselves up for deception. Y'all getting anything out of this? So, so what you got to do is realize I can be wrong. And, and not just put all the blame on the other fellow. And, 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 and when we're talking, sometimes you, you know, what you got to say is, you know what, I don't know if it's me or I don't know if it's you. But one thing, I tell you what, uh, we're not going to get into strife. Because strife opens the door to every other evil spirit. And, and, and I know you think it's me, and, 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 and I don't think I did, but uh, I'm human. I might have forgot about it. I, I, and, and so uh, I, I tell you what, let's work together. And if I've done wrong, I'm going to ask you to forgive me. And, 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 and do you all understand, if we would operate with that type of spirit and tenderness of heart, it helps inoculate us to self-deception. 
Hallelujah. Inappropriate things. 